0: Hello and thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, like I state, it means the world. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode and this podcast. Dropping on Netflix this month was Sam Esmail's apocalyptic and psychological thriller, Leave the World Behind. With an absolutely incredible cast which has the likes of Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali and Mahala Herald, it is adapted from the very favourable novel of the same name which was penned by Ruben Alam. I think it came out in 2020 as well, which seemed like a perfect time for this story to be released into the world. It depicts what looks to be the end of the world through the eyes of two separate families that appear together during this crisis. Now... I hadn't really heard all that much about this release like at all. Not even heard of the book. Word of mouth last couple of weeks, the odd poster here and there just brought it to my attention. And so I really wasn't sure what to expect. I purposely as well didn't watch any trailers for the film either and just jumped in mostly blind, you know, barring the film synopsis because I do love a good end of the world flick, especially when they're done really well. Now leave the world behind bit of a mixed bag for me, just on initial watch. Again, might be worth re-watching it to take anything extra away from there, but I liked quite a bit of it. There's just elements that, too, I wasn't overly keen on. I do think that there are parts of this story in this film, sorry, that are really excellent and really brilliant to watch. But I just feel like I'm on the fence with the whole story, perhaps maybe the execution, because the pace just was a bit up and down. But there are definitely, definitely positives in there. And as end of the world thrillers go, this isn't a bad one. Just a bit of a slow one. But before we proceed, the pod is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. As to RSS.com, give us a like and a follow on uh, Facebook and Instagram, that is, sorry. Searching Joe Blogs About Films. If you could, too, hit the notification button, wherever it is that you listen to this podcast from. That would be amazing. And finally, leave us a review. That, too, would be grand. Five-star, four-star, whatever it is, I would very much appreciate it. Amanda and Clay are on vacation with their two children on Long Island where the owner of the house GH and his daughter Ruth show up in the middle of the night they soon realize that the world might be ending outside I'm gonna start off by saying that the shell of this story I think is is very very good like I love the uneasiness the film has throughout of not knowing just what is happening and this is thrown at you at every corner every corner you're like what is going on here and I say the shell of the story because on paper I feel this should be a very high eight or nine out of ten, but I just, like I said a moment or two ago, I felt that the execution of the story is what let this one down. I felt at times that it was a struggle to get through certain scenes in the film that perhaps overstayed their welcome. You know, I fully appreciate when the film is set in a remote location and you only have like five or six characters. There's going to be a lot of talking with all that, and I love a slow burn story, but usually slow burns have some real payoff at the end and again, I just felt that whilst I do like what transpired and where we got to, I just don't think that overall the payoff was that good in this flick, which is a shame because I was really invested in just what was going on. Like, like what is happening here and what are these characters going through? That really is, like, my, own, my only main negative for the film is the pacing. Well, pacing and tad execution. Because everything else I thought was just a real treat to watch now, especially the performances, because... When you have names such as Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke and Mahershala Ali, throw Kevin Bacon in there as well if you want, you're going to get some really brilliant acting and characters. Now, I cannot stress just how good all the leads were in this film. I really like the relationship between Clay and Amanda, this married couple with kids. You know, Hawke is the much chill and cool yes man so to speak happy wife happy life and all that whereas Roberts she's strong-willed and doesn't take fools lightly and can be almost quite prickly but they create a great dynamic between the two which I felt was very believable and I bought into these characters fairly quickly and again that just shows you the talent that that they have now Roberts has rented out this family home for a holiday only to then have two strangers pop up in the middle of the night claiming they own this house, and they, you know, they had to get back early, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's going to raise questions and just whether these are, in fact, the people they say they are, and just not intruders. I loved all of that, and that opening that sets you up very nicely for the rest of the film because it's the, it's that level of intensity or you know uneasiness. That continues throughout, and it's just that classic, you know, something is off, and I can't work out why or what it is vibe. Similar to how I felt when I was watching Barbarian, just forever uncertain just who and what you can actually trust about what is going on. But as the story unfolds, we realize that the end of the world seems to be occurring, and it's really how these families can survive if everything goes to pot. That's really what the film drives on. It's not a case of the hows and the whats of how this has all happened it's mainly how people will move forward from that there's a real study in the film about disasters and just how we would react in this modern age you know like an oil tanker in the film just charges and hits the beach that this family are on and a couple of hours later it's just a thing that happened you know to be forgotten about in a matter of hours i mean that's just one example but the film is littered with this as we question just what's occurring you know There's a theme of nature in there as well, like, there's a lot of deer, a bloody lot of deer rock up in this film. Not really sure what is going on there, but it could be the idea of nature restoring itself, you know. We humans can be quite ignorant towards nature, maybe that phrase, quite ignorant, is a heck of an understatement. But nature always wins at the end of the day, if this is the end of human civilization nature will return to take back what's theirs, you know, what's rightfully theirs, we should say. So maybe that's what the deer are there for, but again, I could have taken a right jump with that. I have no real idea. That's what I took when I was watching it anyways. But there's, there's just an interesting conversation as well within the film about the show Friends. You know, Julia Roberts... And Ethan Hawke's daughter in the film Rose, she's obsessed with it. And this conversation, you know, surrounding actually liking the show, uh, which is between Mahala Herald and Julia Roberts, I thought was really interesting. The character Ruth says that Friends is it's almost nostalgic for a time that never existed. And I just thought that was just an interesting take, which I feel comes full circle at the end of the film. Spoilers, obviously, I mean, it's streaming, so apologies. But we have Rose inside the neighbour's bunker, that is stocked up for survival, TV and box sets included. And throughout the film, she's been itching to watch the finale of Friends. And then she finally puts the, the the final episode on, and the film ends. I thought this was quite funny and an interesting ending, but I couldn't help think back to that line that was said prior in the film about how it's nostalgic for a time that never existed, because it quite literally, this right now is almost nostalgic for a time that never existed for Rose. Life as they know it has changed in the past, that is never coming back and a new way of living is about to transpire you know as soon as this film ends as soon as they know what's whatever's happening outside the real world everything's gone each of these characters as the film goes along is realizing that the old days are gone and aren't returning and it's how they're going to deal with that or how they're dealing with that I should say that makes the film that real interesting watch that it is even if it it does feel just a tad too long you know I, I thought that that was where like my mind went to with it. I thought it was a really interesting take, a really interesting way to end. And again, just the themes within the film come popping out. You realise you've been watching these people go through hell and it's how they are to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? How they're gonna how they're gonna survive without tech and this and that. But in addition to great performances, I thought the score was very effective throughout. Composed by Matt Quayle, there was some brilliant use of piano and strings to really amplify the tension in the film. Even sequences that aren't necessarily suspenseful moments, this little piano, the little piano notes that would ring out, that would play out, just worked really, really well. And I very much dug the cinematography courtesy of Todd Campbell. Some lovely, Lovely shots in this film. Some fast and dizzy shots between the rooms of the house, as well as some great overhead angles, which create some very nice imagery. There's a moment as well in the film, one of my standout moments, was where Mahershala Ali's character was on the beach where a plane has crash landed. Now the angles here were absolutely tip top. Like it would flip from side to side of the beach, but the camera, obviously, we're looking at it, landscape, but the scene that was presented was portrait meaning if you tilted your head, you got a great portrait shot of the beach and the disaster from either side of him. Like I, I thought that was absolutely, again, in the film too, like I say, it's littered with sequences that just looked visually very, very pleasing. But overall, I thought the mystery that the film presented was strong enough to keep you hooked. Just at times, like I've said, the pacing wasn't all there with it. Like, the ambiguity the film has, it's like a positive and a negative for me because I do like that we were made to feel like we were in this position, like we were with the characters, that they have no idea what's happening and we have no idea what's happening and they have no idea what to do next, but neither do we, do you know what I mean? So I really liked that, that they have no idea what to do next other than survive, which I feel that does work, but I can totally see why people are a little disappointed with the ending. But I felt that the turmoil that these characters were in was possibly just enough to leave us with, you know? But again, very interested know in what other people think of it. For me, it's like a 6 or a 6.5 out of 10, I would say. Not the worst end-of-the-world film I've ever seen, absolutely, but definitely not the best, but hey, I'll take it anyways. It's one of those where I'm going to be interested to talk to other people about this film and see what they took away from it, what they liked, what they didn't like, because I feel that a lot of people have got opinions on this film. And this is just mine, so disagree away. Disagree away, I don't care. Thank you for listening, though. No, it means the absolute world. I'll be back as much as I can over the festive period, giving you more reviews as much as I possibly can. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Take care.